Hello, fellow planeswalker, and welcome to Into the Ether Vortex. My name's Ninzavor, your guide into all the different ways you can enjoy Magic the Gathering and how they all come together into something wild, wacky, and a little bit magical. Whoever's been doing well, it's been a while since our last episode. Uh, I've been busy with some other projects and work and wanted to take some time for myself this holiday as well. Um, that said, I've still been playing Magic nearly every day on Arena in this time off, and I'm excited to share how things have been going for me, both with Crimson Vow Limited, as well as my the first draft Arena Open, and as well as the uh, Arena Decathlon event. So lots to cover. Let's hop straight in. First, my Crimson Vow Limited stats. Now, you know, after an all-time high of 50 drafts with Midnight Hunt, I dialed it back a bit with Crimson Vow, ending up at 34 drafts completed. Uh, overall, my win rate ended up being about 50.49% with 103 games won and 101 games lost. Uh, compared to the last few sets where I'd been hovering around the 46-48% win rate, um, I'll take it. Uh, I ended up having one deck go 7-2 and two, and then three decks go 6-3. and three. Uh, Notably, these numbers actually, by the way, don't include any of my runs at the Arena Open. Um, now, below those uh, records, I had five 5-3s, five three 4-3s, three uh, nine 3-3s, a lot of 3-3s, three uh, five 2-3s, four 1-3s, and four 0-3s. Oh um, you know, going into uh, my stats that I started last set of you know, looking at the running average of five games and running win rate of 10 games, my peak five-game ga- five game record was this pretty awesome run right after the Arena Open, actually, and right after the ladder reset for December, um, where it's games 25 to 29, um, where I went 5-3-6-3, or 5-3-5-3-6-3-3-3, and 7-2. Um, so yeah, that, uh, you know, after that I sort of stopped uh, because the uh, next five went 2-3-3-3-0-3-1-3-0-3 uh, and 3 for a five-game low of 28.57%, but that five-game run was somewhere like 60-something percent, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, looking at my 10-game win rates, you know, my best was right after this, the reset again um, at a 57.87 win rate. My lowest was right at the reason, like right before. I kind of been struggling a little bit, and it dipped as low as a 45.45% win rate. Now, going into the colors specifically, of the 34 draft decks I drafted, about 18 or 52.94% had red. Uh, my next most drafted color was black at 15 decks, 44.12%. Then green, 13 or 38.24%. And then white, I have 12 decks, 35.29. And then blue brings up the rear with 10 decks or 29.41% of all my decks. Win rate rise, while red was my most drafted, green ended up being my most winning at 43 wins, 38 losses uh, for 58% win rate. Um, Red comes in second uh, with uh, 57 wins and 53 losses for a 51.82% win rate. Blue was my least drafted, but it was nearly behind red, 51.61% win rate, 32 wins, 30 losses. Now going to the other side of 50%, black narrowly was on the wrong side of that with 44 wins and just a single more loss at 45 losses, 49.44% win rate. And bringing up the weir is right with 45.45% win rate, 30 wins, and 36 losses. Uh, red and green being at the top was helped by two of my 6-3s and my only 7-2 being in gruel colors. Uh, the last 6-3 uh, was in white and black, um, which again, I, I guess, uh, which, you know, despite that, white still ended up being the worst performing color. 
Though speaking of going to specific color pairs, um, I drafted nine of the ten color pairs this draft. Uh, despite going 34 drafts east, I never really drafted green-blue, um, which I think many consider to be the consensus worst color pair of the format. Uh, my most drafted deck, again, ended up being red-green at seven drafts total, uh, followed by red-black-green, five drafts, uh, red-black, white-black, and blue-red, each at four drafts, white-blue, blue-black, and red-white at three drafts, and then green-white had a solitary single draft to its name. I mostly stuck to two color pairs throughout, though there were a number of drafts I did splash for some bombs. Um, I had two drafts where I splashed black for uh, Anzi Made of Dishonor, uh, one draft black for Henrika Domnathi, one for Blood Veil Purveyor, and one for Markov Purifier. Um, red, I ended up splashing once for Creepy Puppeteer and Reckless Impulse in the same deck. Green, I splashed once for Hall and Elena Partners. Um, blue, I splashed twice, both for Reno Sturmkirk. And then white, I splashed once for Redding announcement. And now looking at these splashes, the only one that really paid out was that Henrika Domnathi splash, getting me 6-3 in the base uh, red-green deck. The others mostly went 3-3 three and three with you know the first Anzi splash going 4-3. Uh, and three. Now as far as win rates, you know, the, the most winning deck technically was green-white, but it's only a single deck and went 5-3 and three with it, so not really representative of its 62.5% win rate. So putting that aside, my most winning color pair was actually blue-red, 17 wins, 12 losses across 4 decks for a 58.62% win rate. Uh, my most drafted deck, red-green, comes in right after that, 25 wins, 20 losses, 55.56% win rate over 7 games. Uh, White-black comes in uh, with 13 wins, 12 losses for a 52% win rate over four games. Um, and then uh, white, red, Black Red comes in right at 50-50, 12 wins and 12 losses exactly over four games. Uh, and then White Blue comes in eight wins, nine losses over three games, 47.06% uh, win rate for Black Green at 13-15 over four games, uh, 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 46.43% win rate. Uh, and then Blue Black at uh, three games, a 7-9 record uh, at 43.75%. And then finally, aside from Blue Green, which didn't have any drafts at all again, Red White comes in last place over three matches, 25% win rate, three wins, and nine losses. Now, my Soul 7 to this uh, set was a, my 29th draft in, as I noticed, in Gruul. Um, I think I went pick one, pack one, and send in pack leader, that 2-1, you know, that one, one drop that grows whenever you cast spells with mana value 4 or greater. Pretty aggressive red-green deck, backed it by Dormant Grove and Glorious Sunrise. The real ends of the deck, though, were Spore Crawlers, which I had four of. I would aggressively trade these off, either blocking or just attacking in, you know, black backed up with some removal and combat fix and Flame Best Bolt, Massive Might, and Wolf Strike. And then once those were all in the graveyard and I'd drawn through the decks after they died, I would have be able to play some massive Molgraf millipedes. Um, plus, you know, two Bramble Worms also help close out the long games and deal with some of those pesky flyers. Now going to my 6-3 games, you know, the first early was early on, game six, uh, super, super close 7-2. Um, I, you know, nearly mono green wolves with a splash of red. Um, you know, this is off of the back of pack one, pick one, av, but caretaker. Windmill Slam first pick, um, and I also had four Weaver of Blossoms that tried to ramp to the late game. Uh, game four, I and then game match fourteen, uh, I got the bug for Black White Life game at some point. You know, my favorite pocket of synergy, I think, in the entire format was Gluttonous Guest mixed with Restless Bloodseeker. Um, you know, you know, sacrificing, uh, you know, gaining life uh, to basically make. Um, to make uh, uh, blood tokens, which you would then sacrifice and kind of repeat on on loop um, between those two. Um, 
you know, I didn't have any uh, gluttonous guests in this deck, but I did first pick a Restless Buck Bloodseeker here. Um, though not really a vampire deck, it was mostly humans, nine humans in the deck total, two of them being Resistance Guard, which would draw me cards to get to the deck. And then the wedding announcement, uh, you know, it was quite the beating. Uh, you know, surprised I didn't go 7-2 here, or uh, 7-2 with that. Um, and then, you know, my final 6-3, again, I went back to red-green with a first pick, Rending Flame, you know, the solid removal. Though in the later pack, I got Henrika Domnathi, pushed me into Jun with the help of three Weaver Blossoms and two Evolving Wilds to really splash for that, um, which made the Hive Heart Salmon I also got a little bit better with having three, uh, you know, basic land types. Uh, this one was more classically werewolves with eight werewolves total plus six other wolves, um, you know, again, banked up with Henrika Domnathi. Now, as I mentioned, I was a bit of a slump pre-Arena draft open, so I have a pretty decent run early on with that 6-3 Avaba Caretaker. Uh, my 5-win game average went up to 50% at that point, and 10-game average up to 52%. You know, I quickly dropped back down to about a 50% overall win rate uh, leading into the Arena open. Um, you know, I actually had stopped drafting a little bit going into it because I wanted to save some gold to get some free entries for the draft open. So how did I end up doing? Uh, you know, well, in, in past sealed ones, I would probably get the maybe second, maybe third bullet. Um, but here, you, know, you know, being draft is definitely a lot more difficult having to get seven wins, which I hadn't gotten up to this point, remember. Uh, so my first deck, I pack one, picked one, a Dream Sackle Geist. Ended up blue-red, splashing black for Anzi Made of Dishonor. Went only three and three here. Uh, my second draft, you know, I started off with a Headless Rider, uh, and but I ended up drafting a black-green deck with you know, z pretty much no one or two drops, unfortunately. So that, that was a quick and two and three. Uh, my final free entry I got, you know, I accumulated, I ended up three and three with a Agro mono, uh, agro red white deck. Um, you know, picking an angel, uh, angelic quartermaster first pick, but there weren't really any bombs in the deck. It was pretty low to the ground aggression. Now, you know, I did spend some gems uh, to get another entry. I got a couple of entries, and that got me to five and three uh, with white with a white green deck. Again, first picking travel minister here and ending up with three of them total. Um, you know, sensing that as the day went on, I was getting better, right? I got I had kind of second off the rust after not drafting, and you know, some of the better players had already qualified, so they weren't really playing anymore. Um, you know, uh, I got I had my one last entry, so you know, I, I and then I had some plans that evening as well. So you know, I used my last slot and ended up a pretty solid red-black deck. Uh, first picking, I believe, a Despot Farmer um, and getting a Blood Tithe Harvester, two Socialites and two Celebrants, and a Luring Sleuther and Ballista Watcher. No real crazy bombs here, but it was, you know, it was, I was somehow was able to just man navigate this game uh, pretty, you know, all seven matches pretty well. Um, came down to, you know, a, a kind of last hit situation where, you know, it was really sweaty game seven. You know, me and my opponent, I think it was, he was also in Black Red, so it was like a mirror match. We were just going through, using up all of our blood, trying to top deck a situation and you know we had wedding invitations in play which you know make it so that oh we can regain life and get in unblockable damage with our vampires and trying to bluff them out oh if, if they have it you know then they'll end up having removal but at the end it's like okay if you got it you got it um and i literally was down to one life point before stabilizing and you know praying they didn't get anything in the top deck mode and they swung um you know kind of bluffed me the block which i let them hit me down to that point and but yeah, you know, I ended up getting there to, you know, ended up getting there in the end and got to day two, you know, on my fifth bullet. Now, day two, I got an even nuttier uh, black-red deck uh, with, you know, a Blood Veil Purveyor pack one, Olivia's Intendant pack two, I think, and then the second Blood Veil Purveyor pack three, plus a Creepy Puppeteers, uh, two Falcon Rat Celebrants, and two Blood Faced Socialites. However, you know, the competition on day two is so much stronger, and I ended up only going uh, one and two with this deck. Um, yeah, so, you know, sadly, I forgot to take notes exactly on what I lost to. Um, still, you know, I hadn't yet 7 2 in the format. That was actually my first before, kind of like in the open ladder. And, you know, to get it 
my first one on the draft open and make it make it to the day two of the first draft open was still a pretty sweet experience for sure. Now, you know, the other big Magic Arena event that happened, you know, in the time off was the Arena Decathlon, you know, a series of events in a variety of formats on Arena. You know, getting a certain number of wins would get, um, would get you tokens uh, from the events, and a certain number of tokens would get you a number of entries to the finals, which was Arena Cube. And getting all 10 got you an entry to the February 2022 Qualifier Weekend uh, date and format TBD. Not to bury the lead, but your boy got all 10 tokens. Um, so we'll go through each format, each format, each event, and see what I ended up playing. So first one was Alchemy. Now, you know, I don't have anything super against Alchemy. I mean, it's not really what I'm playing, right? I mostly play standard if I have to do limit, um, constructed runs. Not really a fan of how they're forcing uh, Alchemy into uh, Historic, uh, but I tend to just play decks that don't really run any of the digital-only cards in the first place. Um, and, you know, frankly speaking, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy the fact that I was I, one of the things that really drew me to Arena was that it was pretty much an analog to Paper Magic, and there were just some things as... You know, I can appreciate the design space that uh, digital-only cards offer up, um, you know, as someone who's dabbled in designing myself. But uh, I still really enjoy the fact, I really enjoy like, that that there's an analog, that this could be something in paper. So uh, Alchemy is not necessarily for me. If it's for you, good luck, good luck to you. Now, that said, I still had to play Alchemy for this event. Um, so, you know, when I'm going try-hard, I tend to basically stick to the same type of deck, which tends to be mono-red aggro um, or maybe mono-white aggro in some cases. Um, that's what I did here. You know, there's a card in alchemy I think um, feel some whelp which makes all the ma ma the dragons cheaper in your hand perpetually every turn um, and then town laser tyrant which when it enters essentially makes the lands burn um, so one of the mono red, red mono red dragon red deck wins deck from MTGA MTGA zone um, and you know I don't I didn't keep track in the constructed events of how many times I entered to get my token but I remember this one going fairly quickly maybe two or three entries at most uh, the second event was Phantom Sealed, using three packs each of Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Um, now, my norm. Now, I usually limit my decks. Um, I could, I thought, I because there's a limit on the number of decks you have in Arena account. I actually delete some of these decks uh, in order to make space for some others I wanted to save. Um, and so I don't remember what I did in the early drafts, but I do remember uh, one of them was impacted. There was this bug with Jadar Gold Collar of Nefalia where it wouldn't generate the. Um, it would not generate the, uh, the the decay token at the end of turn. Um, it, it would only make them if you had of some already and multiply them. So that was a bust um, in that deck because I was kind of relying on that in a couple of cases. But, you know, I ended up getting uh, on my fourth try a Grixis build, which is basically red-black uh, removal spells deck splashing blue for an organ an organ hoarder of course uh, revenge of the drowned and a storm Skrelix. Um so definitely leading into the spells matters deck um, I think there were nine total removal spells and then I had a thermal alchemist to make use of those and then you know once I just kept the board clear it just ended up generating a huge uh, elemental token off of seize the storm you know plus I also had bombs in you know uh, graveyard trespasser and creepy puppeteer so you know, you know that was definitely like just an all around great game plan. Uh, so, you know, event three was a traditional draft of Crimson Vow. It took me only two tries to get there. Um, uh, again, didn't keep my first deck, but my second one that I got in there was basically a mono green build. Uh, first pack, uh, first pack, pick a wolf pack Piper, well, Howl pack Piper. Um, I had also had three Hookhand Mariners and two Flourishing Hunters, uh, three Snarling Wolves and a Spiked Ripsaw for good measure. Red was basically a splash for a Flame Best Bolt and a Child of the Pack, so definitely Wolf Tribal here. 
um, funnily enough, I actually included 41 cards in this deck instead of 40. I don't know. I, I, I guess I completely miscounted there. But yeah, that's uh, somehow still made it there uh, with, with the win there. Event 4 was probably the most painful event of the decathlon. Definitely took a ton of gold and gems and whatnot. Uh, the new player precon decks. Um, so, you know, these are 10 decks in the two color pairs that are kind of powered down and you can't really change anything about them. So unfortunately, you know, you ended up kind of praying to the orange orange jesus that you know you would either get your nut draw and kind of combo and do really well what your deck was trying to do in the first couple of turns or that theirs didn't have the nut draw when you didn't have yours um and you didn't get run over so i bounced around from deck to deck i think i remember trying gruel i remember trying the life gain deck i think ultimately i ended up getting there with the red black treasures deck uh, event five was a Zendikar Rising bot draft, and this is what I got there in the first shot. Um, it was, you know, if, if you remember Zendikar Rising, you know, it was um, a red-black uh, party was a really big mechanic there. That came together, um, especially, you know, I first picked the Drana, the last Blood Chief in pack one, but, you know, I got I, really a lot of the pieces came together in the later packs. Um, you know, I, I, I think I... I, I had I had like a bunch of Malakir Blood Priest and Art Electro and Art and Electromancers. Um and those and also, you know, I think the bots didn't value how good MDFCs are with regard to, you know, having just excess mana, right? Like I had fifteen lands only, um, but still had twenty mana sources because of the MDFCs. So, you know, definitely got definitely uh was was not a close one there. Now, event six was Historic Artisan. Again, I went with a, a red deck wins deck from MTGA Zone. All the burn spells. Uh, I think the only digital card was uh, Static Discharge. Um, so, you know, typical red deck win stuff. Uh, mana curve topping on like three, maybe four. So event seven was straight up historic format, and this is where I actually opted for MG, the MTGA Zone's most popular deck, uh, Green White Humans Coco. Um, took a number of tries, but I ended up getting there. I wasted a lot of time actually. Um, uh, trying out that the black green food sacrifice deck that I think won uh, the world championship uh, in in historic um, or whatever the event was recently, um, you know, just something that I liked. I liked the idea of it, but it was very fiddly, and I don't think the meta was quite white for it. I think um, you know, I think it would get outclassed or out or the key pieces would be removed pretty quickly. So um, I think you know, green white cocoa humans cocoa with a. Uh, you know, um, with Collected Company and then also the, uh, the 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 captain that can seek stuff out of your library and put it into play. Um, yeah, that was definitely like the, the, the nutso deck. Uh, event 8 went again to MTGA Zone, another um, red deck wins deck to take down the singleton event. Um, and then event 9 uh, was standard best of 3. Now we'll talk about what I've been playing and constructed for my daily wins, but um, I closed the deal here not with an MTGA Zone deck, but MTG Goldfist Budget Magic Golden Soul Sisters deck, which is a green-white deck uh, using some of the card, new cards from uh, Crimson Vow in the life game cell. Finally, event 10, we had a Turbo Draft Strixhaven, which is a wild format, you know, reducing the cost of everything by five, just made for some crazy games. Um, definitely, I think the meta centralized over the the, the, the event into Prismari spells, basically, and Cogwork Archivist, you know, one mana, four or five is kind of, with reach is kind of ridiculous, um, but it's kind of the most insane magic I've ever played. I think it felt almost like when I watched, you know, LSV Draft Storm or something on Vintage Skew, it felt kind of like that. Um, took me six tries to get there, but I eventually got there with a red-blue deck uh, with Galazeth Prismari um, in there, uh, three elemental masterpieces, explosive welcome, and a pretty solid learn package with six learn cards and seven lessons, including a spicy spell for green and my um you know my my blue my blue red deck for containment breeds to try to you know break the mirrors with a cogwork archivists 
So yeah, that's all ten events, giving me three entries to the Cube Arena Cube Finals that were for the that Arena Decathlon, and also my February qualifier weekend. As far as the cube finals went, I did not secure the bag here, unfortunately. Uh, my first entry got borked when my computer froze in the middle of like pack one, pick one, and so I it auto picked for me. I think I ended up with like the the white the MDFC that makes angels or something. You know, ended up it, it, I ended up getting like a red white aggro deck, but could not close out the games, and so I ended up going zero and three uh, for here. My second deck was a little bit better. I ended up with a mono green ramp deck, uh, tons of two drop ramp cards, and I would top it with like Ulamog and Corner Queen and Vorinclex. Ended up going three and three here, and you know, getting three draft tokens. Uh, and then my final draft went kind of sideways. So you know, I read up that there was this blue-red spells deck with Music's Mastery uh, and Magma Opus. Um, I got Magma Opus pack one, pick one, so I decided to go for it. Uh, but in pack two, pick one, I saw Golos, and then in the second pack, I got Field of the Dead. So I ended up picking both of them, and I tried to pivot into the lands deck, um, which meant I took a lot of lands, not a lot of spells, unfortunately, which, you know, I was barely able to make playables with all the lands, and I didn't have enough good early interaction or draws to get the Golos, so I ended up going 0-3 here as well, unfortunately. So yeah, of, of this, I ended up just getting three draft tokens, which is not, not, not what you want to see, but it, it is what it is. But yeah, that was the Arena Decathlon event for me. Uh, since then, you know, again, I hit my wall with Vow Limited. So I've been mostly sticking to constructed games to get my daily wins in. You know, I mentioned the Soul Sisters deck from Saffron Olive. Um, to pair with that, you know, if I don't have a green-white 750 gold event, um, I'll play the blue-black Zombie Nomicron deck uh, from Against the Odds as well. However, my favorite deck this format has been uh, Historic lately, actually. Um, it doesn't use any alchemy cards, so it's basically a classic Historic deck, but it originated from uh, MTG Goldfish as well, but it's the Meme or Dream series, where someone basically made a deck with the synergy of Acerorak Burn uh, for a little bit more, where basically, you know, Acerorak, the, the Litz King from AFR, that, you know, when it enters, it's three mana, five, five, but it bounces back to your hand if you didn't complete um, one of the, the, the sort aggressive dun dungeon, um, Temple of Manage or whatever it is, and, you know, you never go in there. You basically just keep on playing it and looping it and bringing it back, and, you know, there's a lot of combo pieces here, right? So if you have Sarkins and Ceiling, you end up dealing four damage to any target, um, you know, which is pretty good removal once you can get it down. Tear of the Peaks is kind of like a secondary version of this that you know, is a little bit more subject to removal um, but deals a little bit more damage. Um, and then, you know, if you have, uh, you know, Goreclaw, you know, Terror of Calcisma, it reduces its cost by two since it's a five power creature and it reduces the power of creatures four or more, which, hey, you know, basically makes it so you, for, you can kind of shotgun it as long as much black mana as you have available. And then Kiora, um, you know, the the, plane, the uncommon planeswalker from uh, War of the Spark, you know, one, whenever a Serovac enter or any of these other two creatures I just mentioned enter the battlefield, you know, you draw cards, you can get to the pieces you need in your deck, and then it can also untap lands, um, especially those black lands, to give you more cast spells, basically. So, really great combo there. And of course, you can just beat down if you really need to. Now, there is now the original version had some creatures that ended up not really mattering that all that much when they come came to uh, you know, or, or being kind of like dead drops. I think Ronus was in there, which didn't really uh, activate a lot of the time. Um, so, you know, there was a second game, and then the mana base wasn't the best. Um, so, you know, Saffron Olive suggested, hey, adding in some more mana dorks. I added more, I did four each of um, Paradise Druid and Llanowar Elves, or the equivalent, and then um, 
you know, I and then I also inc- changed all the lands as much as I could uh, to um, to sock land. So yeah, I'm dealing a lot of damage to myself if I need to, you know, use the colors on time. But you know, that displays with you know Death Shadow, um, which ends up being like a kind of like another uh, one here, which is really important actually sometimes when. And I also play a lot of Thoughtseize as well in order to you know do some handed substance and let, let me get my stuff down on time or without disruption. Um, and you know, it's actually a pretty cool combo with uh, Sarkins and Ceiling, where as long as the creature card has power seven or more it ends up dealing four to all creatures and four to uh the um and four to the opponent that shadow even if it comes down as like a um as it comes down as like a you know one one because you have 12 life or whatever it's still printed as 13 life as 13 power so it's going to trigger that four damage to everything on the opponent's side which is pretty solid for just a single mana even if it ends up dying um so yeah definitely a blast of a deck it reminds me a definitely a blast to play reminds me a lot of like you know classic mono Red Storm from a couple seasons back in Historic, uh, you know, with Bergy and looping Grinning Ignises and just looping them back and forth um, to basically generate enough re- enough Storm Count in order to, you know, play Grapeshot and win. Kind of a lot like that, um, where you're basically just kind of looping Acerorak over and over again to either burn them out, clear their board, draw what you need, and so on. But yeah, you know, definitely recommend building it if you have the Wild Card Spirit. It's definitely really fun to play. But yeah, that's been my time playing Magic the Gathering over the past couple of months. You know, I'm, you know, we're gearing up for spoiler season next week for uh, Neon Genesis, ne- uh, Kamigama ne- ne- Neon Dynasty. Um, you know, I unf- I was trying to save my gold to, to save up for Jazz for that, but I ended up blowing it all last night on uh, some the last you know couple of hours Arena Cube, which did not go well for me, um, but I couldn't help myself. But in any case, you know, this podcast is now coming to its resolution. So, you know, let me know how Magic has been for you. What are your, you know, Magic New Year's resolutions? You know, I definitely want to play some more in paper magic beyond just the pre-releases you know how has crimson Vow limited been treating you you know um how did you do in the decathlon did you get what was your favorite stuff to draft in cube you know what rules are you messing around with in this offseason you know you can let me know over on twitter at ether vortex pod or via email at into the ether vortex at gmail.com or on itunes spotify google play leave a review on any of those podcast stores on podchasers.com link in the notes my architect as well as all my deck lists are linked in the username ninja boy boy with an i uh, the intro and outro music is kevin macleod in competech.filmies.io editing production by ninja boy media next episode is again neon genesis uh, sorry i keep thinking neon genesis evangelion neon dynasty kamigawa previews are starting up next week so by next month you know you know we'll i think actually have started playing at that point so we'll go over my pre-release experience for uh for Kamigawa as well as uh what I want to be uh including in my EDH stacks. You definitely know there's gonna be updates to Yuriko. And you know, I mean, you know, my nickname is Ninja Boy. Of course I'm gonna be all into this one. Um but in any case, until then, may your lands be plentiful, but not too plentiful. And I pass the turn.